unscripted premium Hi, folks, and welcome to this, uh, our special edition, our Freeform Friday edition of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, episode number 297, specifically for our Patreon members on our in our green and gold package. Freeform Friday is when uh, we kind of relax a little bit, have a little fun, uh, talk about whatever is on our minds from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. And if obviously, if we want to take the borders outside of that, We've done that as well. Um, Ann Coulter, I keep reminding myself, Ann Coulter made an appearance and made an appearance on Freeform Friday months ago, and uh, one of our better ones recently. On one of my walks, I listened to it. Um, we do things a little differently on Friday. Uh, Chris goes on to our Twitter page, uh, which you can find at twitter.com/unscriptedmc, and uh, he finds things that people are talking about and trending about, and. Uh, he introduces it, and then we talk about it, have a little fun, and move on. And it's a great way to end the week, a lot of fun. Um, we laugh a lot on Freeform Friday, and that's a really good way to end the week here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. So having said all that, I hand the microphone over to the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Fluke. Yes, and Coulter has always looked like she would be the preeminent reanimated corpse in U.S. <laughs> politics, but then Nancy Pelosi said, hold my beer. And here we are with Free Forum Friday, a 78-year-old woman who, you know, should have retired a long time ago. So I don't know. I, I, just, I don't get that whole thing. Like, oh, what? hold on. I did. I got to I got to make mention. I did see the other day that there was some lady and I wish I could remember her name, but she actually uh, uh, announced her candidacy for the president yeah. in 2020. Oh, there's a few of them. Uh, Kamala Harris. That uh, was her. No, okay. it was uh, a white chick. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii. Mm. Uh, there's there's a few there's a few women. Yeah, been, good for uh, them. Oh, it's great. Absolutely good for them. I, you know what? I am looking forward to having a great female president of the U.S. someday, and ideally a prime minister as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm really glad it's not Hillary Clinton, and and not just because, I know I know you know, know not just because of whatever you know that she's a total gangster, and when whenever anyone's going to testify against her, they wash up dead on a beach in Florida, but. <laughs> Other than that, um, not because of that. I don't want the first female president to have been a first lady. To me, that's just like that. That undermines the whole thing. It's yeah. like, oh, like what message does that send? Oh, like if you marry the right people, then you get to kind of do this. It's like what? You know, there is a belief, and I'm telling you, just from what I've heard, and I actually am going to hear President Obama speak on March fifth. Is he coming to Calgary? Yeah, he's coming to Calgary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But there is a belief in the States, and I, I agree with you about First Ladies, but there is a there is a undercurrent of support happening in the Democratic Party that believes someday Michelle, Michelle Obama could be that girl, that lady, excuse me. Don't mean to sound sexist. <laughs> Call her a girl. Sorry. My apologies, ma'am. But they think she could be that lady. Doesn't? Michelle Obama seem like when she's in private, she's just a raging lunatic and just yells at Barack all the time. Kind of, but um, she just looks like terrifying does. to me. Like she just would just but yell all the time. I Hillary Clinton would scare the crap out of me. She walked into a room that I was well, in. Well, but Hillary Clinton is just creepy. Michelle Obama. <laughs> well, that's is, what I mean. 
Yeah. I think she's creepy weird. Like, I think she just would just come in and just like, I don't know. I Ma- Michelle Obama looks like she'd yell at you and throw things at you. True. But, you know, Hillary Clinton looks like she'd take off her skin and like <laughs> assume her lizard form. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just to- a totally different thing. It's just, <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, all right. I, Michelle Obama, though, does have definitions. She does must oh, work she, out. Oh, she works out. She yeah. must work out religiously. No, she's she's a she's a fit lady. She'd and probably kick Brock's ass. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. Uh, no, I, she'd definitely beat Hillary's ass. That's for sure. But Hillary can barely stand up on her own. Like... I, I, if she, I'm not convinced Hillary Clinton like will be able to stand up in 2020. I'm not even joking. Like there was, there was a lot of. I saw secret, you know, I saw videos that were kind of trying to being kept out of the news while she was still running, uh, where like you know she had to, to be helped up or she'd faint really? a bit. Well, look, running for president is very exhausting. Okay? Oh, for sure. And you know, say what you want about Trump, but the guy's stamina is off the tr- mental and physical. Frankly, even if even if you're someone who doesn't appreciate the quality of what he does, the just the sheer stamina of that man, no sleep, you know, just working hard. He just never stops. Like you can't tire him out. And the, for most people, most people couldn't run for president and, and keep the energy up. It's very, very difficult. And frankly, I think she's too old. And I don't think that she's ever dedicated anything to her fitness. Not that Trump has either, but she just has never really prioritized that. And she was really, really weak. Shortly after she lost the presidency, she was shown she had both like braces, you know, that like that you, you know, you've got the kind of their metal and they go up to your elbow or whatever and you like walk oh, with them. Oh, walking thing. And yeah, they said she broke her toe. I'm sorry. Bullshit. I'm sorry. When you break your toe, you don't get two braces. <laughs> like, I like, I honestly believe Hillary Clinton has a serious illness that yeah. it hasn't, hasn't been announced. And I don't think she would be healthy enough to run in 2020. I, I sincerely believe that. She's had a lot of, I mean, and I'm, I'm not on Hillary's, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Living with Bill Clinton probably was <laughs> not not for the faint of heart or the weak-hearted or whatever. Work, living and working with him had to have been a full-time job. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I used to call him Slick Willie on my program. Oh, that's funny. I used to love that. I forget which... Mike, you got to call him. What do you call him again? Mike, Mike. All my hillbilly friends. Hey, Mike. You know, you shouldn't make fun of our great governor from the state of Arkansas, from the South. You shouldn't make fun of him. He's a great man. You shouldn't call him Slick Willie. He's a great man. Anyway. See, here's what I could have said. I can't say to him what I could say to him now. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I just, there was some comedy sketch show I made fun of. I don't know what it was, but it's you just you see the outside of a car, and he's in the back seat with some girl, and you hear the girl just like, oh, oh, oh. And you hear Bill, I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> I am back. You know, yeah, good old Bill. Anyway. You know, it's funny. Bill is starting to shake a little. Okay. Yeah, and and speaking of, like, I don't mean. I mean that's just no, life. He's approaching sure. seventy or something, and I've seen him in recent interviews because he speaks all over the world. He's still a good speaker, but he's he, not the same. It's like a different person. Oh, though. for sure. Like something happened to him. Like oh, something's it, the switch came on or off or something. Something like he he lost all of his southern charm. Yeah, he lost all yeah. of it, and now he's, he's just, corporate now. But he's so. Yeah, but you can be... A lot of corporate guys are very slick. I get that. And he was slick, Willie. Like you say, that's perfect. Really. Perfect, but he's not slick anymore. No. He's he's not he's not charming. He's aged. Aged in front of us. Really badly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, he's just... He's not charming. And it's and something's wrong, and he gets angry, and it's, it's weird. Yeah. Like, 
he covered that up so well before. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. anyway, okay, moving on to uh, Twitter. <laughs> Deadspin at Deadspin. We need a new America's team. Oh, we sure do. We really do. Dallas is not the ticket. Dallas is not the answer. I think, you know, right now, if you're talking specifically about a team for America's team, I know a lot of people, especially on the Eastern Seaboard, are probably going to say the New England Patriots, but I think a better, I think a potential team that could take that moniker someday, unless the Packers get their heads out of their ass and reacquire it. But I think a lot of people are really going to get behind the LA Rams because I think they've got that young coach that seems to, you know, he's in their generation. That, you know, that I think the LA Rams could be a team that people wrap around, and especially when they get into their new building and they kind of create their own identity again. Uh, now they're just tenants, right? But they move into their own building, which is supposed to be freaking just outstanding out there uh, by the uh, Great Western Forum out there in Inglewood. Um, I know nobody here in this room is a big fan of Stan Kroenke, but. Whatever. I think the LA Rams could be a team that uh, we all could be cheering for here for years to come. Interesting. I like that take. That's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed them. And I like your point about, yeah, between the what's going to be easily the best stadium in the NFL and maybe the world and uh, the young hotshot coach that everybody likes. Yeah, I mean, so when you see Sean McVay give his post-game speeches, I mean, how yeah. can you, you just want to be there. You just want to be well, friends with and, that you guy. You know, this is the thing that, you know, I'm very impressed with, obviously, the young man. Um 31, 32 now, whatever it is, 30 years old when he took over the L.A. Rams. And the Rams were a mess. They really were. Mm -hmm. Jeff Fisher did him no favors. Mm -hmm. And to take that team to where he's got him in a Super Bowl now, and they're going to be good for the long term. And um, I'm telling you, folks, and you can see already, teams are making coaching hires of the Sean McVay tree. Sean McVay and, and, and Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan, and it hits right home with me with Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. So um, that's great respect already for a guy that's uh, – I've got underwear that's older than Sean McVay. So I, I've got great respect for him. Yeah, yeah, the amazing turnaround for that franchise. And uh, nobody's happier than our buddy Greg. Okay, uh, Onion Sports Network at Onion Sports. Scouts highly doubtful Tim Tebow will ever make it to heaven. Oh, hell no. He'll never make it to heaven. <laughs> God, no. I, I don't think there, you know what? He's not a bad guy, though. But you know what? I, I got to tell you something. Okay. Right down from Jack and Sharon's house in Vegas, there is a big, just, it's, not, it's a non-denominal church, okay? But it seats like 600 people. So they bring in speakers, and, the, and it's, it gets so full of, oh, I believe, and oh, Lord Jesus, and, and you know. How do you have a non-denominational church? That doesn't even make any sense. The biggest crowd they ever had at this church was one day when Reverend Tim Tebow was there speaking. <laughs> now, okay, I, you know what? All respect, he won two national championships at, at uh, Florida, and he's done some really good things. Regardless of how untalented he was for the National Football League game, he still was a number one draft pick overall for a team, not overall in the, of, the, of the draft, but he was the number overall one of the Denver Broncos years ago. He's made it to the show. But I believe in my heart of hearts somewhere where I don't think Tebow will see a day in heaven is that nobody can be that good. He's hiding something. He's got <laughs> skeletons somewhere involving a farm animal. I don't know. I don't somewhere know. there's a picture of him with a teenage girl when, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Nobody can be that good. Nobody can be that 
pure and snow white bullshit. He's probably got a coke addict and he snorts coke <laughs> off a off of a stripper's tits. There's something about Tim Tebow that once we find out, and someday we will, we're all gonna be shocked. I'm telling it, you right now. Interesting. I I do agree. Like that's in terms I don't know if I agree with it with Tim Tebow. He does seem pretty genuine, but I mean it was pretty obvious. Remember all those Southern preachers back in the day? Jim and Tammy Faye. Oh, and they were all, you know And they were raking it in. It's like they were printing money as they sit there and go, Bring the Lord into your life. And for only twenty nine ninety five a month, you can have the Lord delivered to you three times a month. But then yeah. But you, you know, then then a lot of them would like preach against gays and then they all of a sudden they're gay and it's like and they get whatever, gay whatever prostitutes the, and stuff. Whatever like, their constituent constituency wants them to be, that's what they'll be. Yeah. Those guys but are Jim and Tammy, Jim would have bent over on stage if if that's what his constituents yeah. would have wanted. Yeah. Anyway. What in that not a fact. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Lord well, can be yours yeah, for 50 yeah. bucks. Joel Osteen is carrying That's on the other that one. lovely tradition right mm-hmm. now. That piece of shit. Anyway, uh, also from Onion Sports, Terry Francona, still amazed people think managing baseball hard in any way. <laughs> I love Tito Francona. I think he's one of the best managers in baseball. And whatever he says, I'm going to believe. Because, Terry, I, you know, I... I even me, I hold a lot of the same philosophies as it seemingly Francona does in regard to telling it like it is. And when Tito tells you something, you just believe it. And uh, I think that resonates well with his players. Certainly resonates well when he spent the year uh, doing baseball with ESPN. I enjoyed listening to him. He was kind of my version of what John Gruden was like to you in regard to being in the uh, national in the NF in the Monday night booth. I really enjoyed Francona on Sunday nights on ESPN Baseball, and I I I have great uh, great admiration for Terry Francona. I'd love him to be whatever team I'm whatever team I'm liking this week. I'd love Francona to be the manager of that team. Oh, one more from Deadspin I wanted to mention because I thought this was great. This is a great response when you get uh, treated poorly by the media. Woman who coaches men's soccer team responds to sexist question. I pick my team on dick length. <laughs> That's how you say go fuck yourself to a sexist question. Oh, do I have a song for you? <laughs> do I have a song for you? Do you? Are you familiar with an artist by the name of Kid Rock? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's got a new song out. A new one? Oh, yeah. It's explicit. <laughs> but it's about a relationship that he's had and the girl. It's new to me. It might be, it might, you know, because I, I had no idea. All I knew about was Kid Rock was that he's from Detroit. I knew he was a rocker, but I didn't know his music. And I heard his music this week, and I actually downloaded this song. And it's about a relationship that he had where it's gone bad, and she's out bad-mouthing him, and she's telling him to, okay, babe, get out and go, go, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what was, uh, <laughs> it was, oh, my God. I, it was very explicit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, you'll have to listen to it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, what, uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. You oh, yeah. Go. Sorry, I actually had another one more for Deadspin. I wanted yep. to. They've they've usually got lots of good headlines to uh, talk about. Charles Barkley calls the 76ers, quote the stupidest organization in the history of sports for allowing an injured Joel Embiid to play against the Pacers. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, Chuck obviously has very strong and emotional ties to Philadelphia because he was the show in Philadelphia for an awful long time. But you have waited how long? And and the 76ers absorbed years and years and years of losing 
so they could put that team together and get the high draft picks that they did to get Joel, Joel Embiid and to get Ben Simmons. Why would you waste and potentially you know, lose a guy who is that important to your franchise for an extended period of time to play for him to play in a meaningless game in the regular season. It doesn't matter. You're seeing Milwaukee starting to rest Giannis because they understand that they go nowhere. If Giannis is hurt in the postseason. you see in where Toronto is resting, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard, regardless, he's getting every third or fourth game off. I laugh at that, but that's the way it is this day and age. And if the other teams are doing it, I guess because, as I've said a million times, this is a copycat generation. And whatever one guy or girl is doing, someone else is going to do it if they find it is working. And this seems to be working because Toronto, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, they're all winning. And they're, except Philadelphia, Philadelphia needs to rest. If Joel Embiid is not 100%, he should not play in a meaningless regular season game. Oh, it's too bad poor Jason Garrett didn't learn this. He could be in the Super Bowl right now. Jason Garrett, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, L underscore George at Dynasty underscore IDP tweets with a picture. Alvin Kamara working as a trash man today in New Orleans. Each Tuesday this season, Alvin works a blue-collar trade job. Wow, that's great to see. Um... That is one hell of a football player, first and foremost. And you know, when I first met Chris, I didn't even know how to pronounce Elvin Kamara's name. And now I watch him diligently because I learned from watching this young man play. And now it's good to see giving back something. And this isn't just writing a check and making it a tax write-off. This is something tangible for the city of New Orleans. And uh, another reason, another another class act. You know, we see a lot of the hillbillies and the morons in professional sports because they're idiots and, and because they're overexposed. But this is a good story, and I'm, I'm very happy to have come on board and learned a lot more about Mr. Kamar. He's a, he's a class act. Yeah, he's good. Uh, okay, well, uh, Green and Gold subscriber uh, Ryan Hall is a big car guy, so I found this and I thought I might bring this up here, a uh, classic Onion story on Freeform Friday here. Neighbors come together to watch a BMW owner struggle in snow. Absolutely. <laughs> I enjoy so much. I happen to live in a part of town that uh, it's on the top of a hill. It's called Signal Hill. And I'm at about a seven, to, seven eight, nine degree slope going up my street. And I have, uh, fortunately, you know, I don't know, I, I guess um, I've done some good things in previous lives that we were able to afford a house in a nice part of town, just like Chris. But I live on top of a mountain. And um, it's fun watching BMWs, Jaguars, all my neighbors all slide down the hill and they can't stop. It's fun to watch. <laughs> Why in the hell? I've got a guy that's got a ragtop ZZ3 uh, BMW up the, up just up the hop from just up the incline from me. And I always when I see him in the street and I say, "Why do you drive that thing in the wintertime?" You know, you spend that kind of money on a car. There's a guy across in a in a Jaguar uh, XJ12 something, and it's same kind of thing. Why are you driving these cars in these kind of conditions? And you wonder why people like me laugh at them as they get stuck in the snow. That's just stupid. Yeah. Ryan would agree with that. Yeah, one. I, I imagine anyway. But uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, this is a story. So you're familiar with Greg Hardy. Uh, Former football player that just got, I think, disqualified or something in yeah, his first so, uh, MMA match. Yeah, and so the Panthers, uh, he left the Panthers, uh, was suspended for 10 games. Went for to the Cowboys. Domestic violence, yeah, went to them. Now he's he became a UFC fighter. I watched a brief interview with Ariel Hawani uh, interviewing him, and he's 
you can tell he's uh, really trying hard to be thoughtful and 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 uh, you know accountable and everything. And Ariel Hawani, the I, in my opinion, the best sports reporter on earth, period, in any sport, straight up said to him, you know, I'm not a big fan of you being on this card because uh, one of the women on the card was recently a, a victim of domestic violence. And so a lot of people criticized Dana White for putting Greg Hardy on this same card. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, they they so they a lot of people had asked her what she thought. And she said she was fine with this, uh, with Greg Hardy being on the show. She didn't mind. But um Anyway, so he he was like, you know, I don't. He said to Ariel Hawani, essentially, I don't blame you. That I don't, uh, I don't fault you for thinking that. I don't judge you or anything. That's totally fine. And uh, he tried hard, but then you have getting disqualified, which is actually very rare in MMA. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I even I had not had not known or been too familiar. I'll, I'll with, show. You, I'll, with... Yeah, I'll show you why. So okay, if 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 your opponent has a knee or two down, you can't knee him or kick him. Like if he, because he's really, it's a really awkward position, right? Like if he's standing, you can knee him or kick him or right. or whatever. But you're on one or two knees, so yeah, you're basically I, struggling. Yeah. So if you got a knee on the, touching the ground, you cannot go and just knee the guy in the face or kick the guy in the okay. face. Yeah. So here's here's what happened here. So I'll we'll watch it again. Boom! Oh, right there. Jesus. So then he, so yeah, he got. That's him. what he got him. Yeah. Up. So he got disqualified because he kneed him right in the face from a really prone position. I mean, there are some really brutal mixed martial arts leagues. There's all different rules around the world. There's ones, uh, like in Russia and places where if your opponents lay on the ground, you can just run up to him and soccer kick him in the head as hard as you can. And obviously, that's extremely illegal here. Right, for sure. Um, for sure. Uh, and now always has been really, or pretty ever since we got any semblance of rules a few uh, after a few UFCs, but. Um, it's too bad because if you watch the interview, you I think you'd actually be surprised at how he's really trying hard to be uh, like he's trying to really be thoughtful and not and just like, yeah, I deserve this or whatever. But then a disqualification. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you what, think uh, he knew the full rules? For That would be my first question, because I and I and I'm 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 glad that you're seeing that he's trying to make an effort. But my question is, even when he was a football player, he wasn't the sharpest knife in a drawer. No. And it and it's. It's possible that he might not know, or even if he does it, even in the moment, you see an opening. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah. it's like, oh, I got to take this. Like, in I the moment chance. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, like, and it's it's amazing. I didn't realize, some of these NFL football players, you see them all against each other. You don't realize how big some of them are. Like, So the, the UFC weight limit of heavyweight is 265 pounds. He's one of the few guys who actually has to cut weight to get down. He actually has to, because a lot of the guys don't, it's, it, heavyweight's such a huge uh, division, it's between 225 and 265, okay. so you got, it's the one weight division with a massive disparity, you have guys with a right. big weight difference, mm-hmm. um, he had to cut down, so he's a big dude, so he can do a lot of damage, and, and especially, you know, something like that, so I think in the moment, it doesn't look like, it he, 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 doesn't look intentional. Like he I, play, I, from what I just saw, I think he was just in the heat of the moment, yeah. I don't think it was intentional, but what I would say is partially is the MMA going to allow him to or UFC going to allow him to fight again? Is he now suspended for the next one, or are they going to allow him to carry on? They no. just they just terminated this fight of his. I think he just gets disqualified. I don't anticipate anything else. The commissions uh, potentially could give him a fine. Me, I don't anticipate a suspension here. You did one illegal strike. You're fairly new. He's had maybe three or four fights only. Uh, you get a loss now and not a no contest or anything like an actual loss. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I just wanted to see if you had heard about it and just, you know, cause if anybody doesn't, didn't see the Ariel Hawani interview and they just think, Oh, a wife beater. Now we got disqualified in MMA. He's a total lunatic piece of shit. 
And maybe he is. Well, you know what? But I, 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 to be honest with you, I knew he got disqualified. I didn't see what you just showed me. But I, from every indication that I've gotten, here's a guy that is really trying to rehabilitate his image. So in the effort of trying to be kinder and gentler here in 2019, in this regard, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that I'm thinking that he had a reputation as a bit of a moron. Then he had the problem, obviously, with the violence, the domestic violence. And there is no, no way, shape, or form around that. Uh, he has paid for his sins to the extent that I think that he probably should have. Yeah, probably. I mean, he was a big-time all-pro player, and now he's like, nobody wants to touch him in the NFL. So he's trying to provide for his family. He's trying to, you know, so I think he's trying to rehabilitate. At least I hope he's trying to rehabilitate his image because I will say this, and I said some unfair things about him uh, in, in years past and not on Unscripted because this was even before, but I would still do radio shows for friends of mine and I would make comments when they'd ask me about Greg Hardy and I ripped him because I thought he was pretty much a walking lunatic. But if he is actually trying, and it impresses me that Chris seemingly thinks that he is trying to rehabilitate his image. So uh, I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's just trying to do something that uh, brings him happiness and he's trying to support a family and you got to give a man credit for that. Okay, next uh, tweet. I don't want to say who tweeted this yet, but I'll tell you the tweet and you can react to the tweet itself. Kurt Schilling deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Great record, especially when under pressure and when it mattered most. Do what everyone in baseball knows is right. Well, it's probably an ex-teammate or the or the manager of a team that he played for. Um, but just your thoughts on that. On my you. thought is that he cheated, and I think he needs to be in the same same category as the other lead heads that we've talked about before. Um, he tried to, and you know, Kurt Schilling has done a lot of good things on a baseball, pitched a World Series game with a bloody ankle, all that other stuff, but he cheated, and he deserves to be in the same playpen as the other pigs. Yeah, that tweet was uh, from the most popular Twitter account uh, of all time, Donald Trump, at Real Donald Trump. So... Well, I don't agree with Mr. Trump in this regard because, like the other leadheads, he got caught and he needs to be in the sandbox with the other losers. Fair enough. Okay, uh, The Onion. Uh, should the Oakland A's have sent Brad Pitt to persuade Carla Murray? <laughs> that is in reference, of course, to Billy Bean, who a lot of people think is uh, is as attractive uh, a man as... Uh, Brad Pitt was, and obviously that was the the uh, figure, that was the the person that uh, Brad Pitt was emulating in the movie Moneyball. Um, I don't think Kyler Murray will play an inning of baseball for the Oakland A's. I really do not. I believe that Kyler Murray, ultimately, uh, I think somebody's going to take a flyer on him in the first round. I hope it's not the Arizona Cardinals that won. I'm not a huge Josh Rosen fan. But I don't think Kyler Murray is number one overall in the upcoming 2019 NFL draft. But then I said the same thing about Baker Mayfield, and both of them came from Oklahoma, and both of them won the Heisman Trophy. So what the hell do I know? Okay, the Buckeye Nut at the, at the Buckeye Nut. ESPN analyst believes Urban Meyer will take over as USC head coach next year. Wow. I believe in my heart of hearts that Urban Meyer will coach again. I truly do. 
I don't think a man that has an ego that that is his size is going to sit on the sidelines for long. I had him being maybe out two years so he could maybe find a remedy for these headaches, but that makes perfect sense. And that would complete the whole cycle, meaning he went from uh, at the time when he was at Utah, they were in the Mountain West Conference. Now, of course, Utah is in the Pac-12 Conference, which is the conference that uh, USC resides in. But here he has been. He has been a power player in uh, at Florida in the SEC, been a power player um, at uh, Ohio State in the Big Ten, going to USC, which is still the biggest brand name in the barnyard out in the, in the PAC 12 conference that would just feed urban Meyer's ego. Um, boy, I, I, I truly believe, I truly believe he will coach again. I thought it might be two years because of the headaches thing, but he will coach again. His ego will not allow him not to coach again. Uh, I believe that, but urban Meyer to USC is just beautiful. That would be, boy, that would be outstanding. You know, he's not going to coach past this, uh, teach i mean you know he's teaching a class this upcoming semester <laughs> what's that in? ethics if you can believe <laughs> no, that come on. no really it's an ethics class <laughs> he's teaching an ethics class oh, this boy. semester at the ohio state university that's exciting okay uh, the onion casino reporting steady profits from slot machine that promises players they will lose <laughs> well we as a society have an ego that we want to believe that we're better than than uh you know you were up to a challenge you think I can't lose or can't win or whatever, I'm going to prove you wrong. So there's a lot of people just trying to do what's said can't be done when they put their money in that machine. Okay, and another Onion one, uh, Orlando locals fear that uh, town's starting to become overrun by tourists. Um, You know, the bigger problem in Orlando, and I know this from firsthand knowledge because my mother lives in the Orlando area, the bigger problem that they're having in Orlando these days is not tourist. Actually, the tourists are starting to get scared away from Orlando. And that's got to be a real concern. Obviously, if you're an employee of Walt Disney World or of uh, Universal Studios Orlando or all the big ticket uh, items for tourists, you know, the theme parks and stuff for families, because Orlando has really become a very violent city over the last five years. Really? Tremendously. And uh, it's uh, not... A very good, you know, you saw that nightclub bombing there a couple of years ago, and there is a lot of violence now in Central Florida, and a lot of it is resonating from the Orlando area. So, if there should be a concern about tourists in the Orlando area, it's my opinion that they should be worrying about tourists choosing other places to go instead of coming, of too many of them coming to Orlando, because Orlando is quickly developing a reputation as a very violent city, and that's not good for tourism. Yeah, especially for Disney World there. Holy moly. Okay, uh, I don't have the tweet in front of me right now, but um, this plays into what I gave my number one most underrated story of last year, which was uh, the legalization of sports betting. Correct. Yeah. So I saw it recently. I, I, did, I must not have liked it. I don't have it here. But uh, apparently, and I, I think it was just from today, the decision was made for, I guess, CBS is broadcasting the Super Bowl this year. Correct, they are. So they have made the decision to not mention uh, any betting lines or gambling or anything during the broadcast, which I, I think is really I think out it's of totally date. wrong. It's really out of date. And when they have they have parts of their online presence that you know involve this type of stuff, 
I think it's kind of hypocritical to avoid it. It's just being overly conservative. I've been on the CBS. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't mean you know, to interrupt, okay. but they, I have been on the CBS Sports Network uh, website many times, and they have physical open lines there in regard to opening lines of games. That's what I mean by the opening lines. They don't. They're not. That's not a radio program. It's they have lines showing the point spreads of games. So they're very hypocritical. And I think that's ridiculous because why wouldn't you address, which could be something earth shattering and is going to be earth shattering from the world of sports. Once they hammer out some, you know, certainly they've got, they've got some things that they've got to work out. There's no question about that. But once that they do, this is groundbreaking. It is, it is transcendental. I, I, I just think that it, this is an enormous story. It affects sporting events around the world and uh, not to mention it at the Super Bowl, which is usually one of the biggest audiences in television history for that television season. I think that's a lost opportunity and it's small mindedness by the people at CBS. ESPN podcast at ESPN podcast is Jimmy Butler's act already wearing thin in Philly. Absolutely. Uh, and then a quote from Jackie McMullen. I think he's on thin ice in Philadelphia. I really think he's on thin ice. I believe in my heart of hearts that they, the Philadelphia 76ers will cut ties with him at the end of the year. They will not enter, enter, enter into any kind of negotiations. And this little rental for Jimmy Butler has cost them two really good basketball players, that uh, Covington and, and uh, Dario Saric. And there was some, I think, believe some draft uh, assets that went back to Minnesota as well. Uh, Jimmy Butler has become a royal pain in the ass, folks. And I don't think the Philadelphia 76ers are going to pursue a future with him. He has already, in my belief, worn out his welcome in the city of brotherly love. And that's really hard to do in Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I generally like to end on an onion story. So all I got right now is um, man increasingly worried that he hasn't found any guacamole in his burrito yet. <laughs> You ever been there and you're like, you paid yeah. for the guacamole yeah. or you wanted extra sour cream and, or something? And a really good Mexican food, to have it be really good Mexican. And I lived in Los Angeles and I've lived in San Antonio, Texas. Two Mexican hotspots here, folks. These people, they don't put milk on their breakfast cereals. They put the green tort that green uh, salsa on it, the really hot stuff. Oh. Um, these people know Mexican food, and I think I know Mexican food. And if you don't have guacamole, you don't have Mexican food, so you're getting screwed. <laughs> I although I found like guacamole up here, at least in Canada, it usually just tastes exactly like the sour cream almost. Like well, doesn't it feel like real guacamole. Again, I'm coming from an area of expertise. You know, I've I've had Mexican food in East LA. I've had ex Mexican food in San Antonio. Uh, again, those places know. I mean, they know uh, they know Mexican food like people in Wisconsin knows cheese and butter and milk. Okay, so. Um, they're very comfortable about it. And I've been fortunate enough to have Mexican food in some of the more popular Mexican areas in the United States for damn sure. We got to run. Um, great week. Thanks to everybody for participating. Hope you enjoyed Freeform Friday. I sure did. I enjoy this new format very much. Uh, it's a great way to wrap up the week of shows here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.